Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. This week has been... Well, it's just kind of sucked, hasn't it? The news has been awful. It's, it's hurt. I've been just in a fog all week long. We had a conversation at my house this week that we didn't want to have. It was we have this conversation. I said, because my wife has said this to me a bunch of times, I was finally able smart enough to repeat it. I think we've lost the ability as, as a society, as, as a church, to mourn, to... to um, to lament. Maybe we can say it like this. It's kind of like having the blues. You're, you're kind of just sad and you're down. That's kind of how I've been this week. And so I don't know how to explain it other than I've just been depressed. I've felt wrung out. I've been emotionally exhausted. I've got the blues. I'm just sad. And so as I turned to Scripture this week, I was reminded of this psalm, Psalm 42, and I just kind of want to walk through it with you today. It's a song of lament. It's kind of my theme today, this word lament. Let me read this psalm to you, Psalm 42. This is a song where David, as the writer, he's kind of in a funk. He's kind of got the blues. He's kind of walking around in a fog, and he writes these words. Let me read them for you. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I only have tears for food. You've been there? While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how it used to be, it used to be I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. But now, now I am deeply discouraged. But I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from, from, from the land of Mount Mazar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours forth his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs praying to God who gives me life. Oh, God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. A lament. We, we, we could call it a blues song if you want to put it in modern words. All these things, these laments, these songs of sadness and questioning and, and, and mourning, they show up all throughout Scripture, especially in the Old Testament. They're sprinkled all throughout Scripture. Um, here in the Psalms, they're all over. There's even an entire book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. That's a long word for lamenting. 
That's what the whole book's about, is this idea of mourning, of being sad. And I'm afraid that as a culture, and especially in the church part of our culture, we don't know how to lament because we just think we got to always put on a happy face. Be, be, be smiley, and we don't know how to mourn. And, and maybe that's why, here's why. Maybe we don't know how to mourn because there's some, some myths that we have allowed to, uh, to be perpetuated in our, in, our, in our mind, in our thinking, in our culture, in our society for why being down or why being depressed or why needing to mourn or being to lament is something we shouldn't do. Here's the first myth about lamenting, about mourning, and it's that God's people never get the blues. That, that's a myth. That God's people never get sad. The, the, the idea here is that a, 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 if you're a Christian, you won't have any problems anymore. And I wish it were that easy, because it'd be a lot easier to, to convince people to follow Jesus if I could say you have no more problems, but that's just not the truth. It's not true that if you believe in Jesus, you'll no longer have to worry about singing the blues. It's just untrue. There are more psalms in this category of lament than any other type. So think about this. There's 150 psalms, the, the songbook of the Old Testament. 150 songs in there. More than a third of them are blues songs, mourning songs, songs of lament. What does that tell us about how God understands the nature of being human? That pain is inevitable. You know, the best way to never ever sing the blues, never, the best way to never ever mourn, the best way to never ever need to lament is to never ever love anybody. If you don't care, you can probably avoid being sad. If you don't care, you can probably avoid singing the blues. If you, if you don't love your dog and the dog dies, big whoop. Who cares, right? If you don't love your kids and your kids break your heart, big deal. If you don't love other people when they let you down or break your heart, who cares? But that's a problem, isn't it, for those of us who follow Jesus? For those of us who are taught to love our neighbor as ourselves? Which means God says, I know you're going to hurt. Don't let Satan tell you, oh, if you were a real Christian, if you were a strong enough Christian, you wouldn't feel the blues. The blues are inevitable. Now, if you're one of those people who say, I, I just never get down, I never have a blue day, one of two things is happening. Either you're lying, which is probably what you're doing, or you have managed to ignore and to dismiss and to push down the pain. I'm not trying to be me, because I can relate to that. I am a terminally positive person. That's kind of my personality. But sometimes when we immediately want to look on the bright side, we miss the thing that God needs us to learn in the darkness. There are lessons, lessons that you will learn in the darkness that you will never learn in the sunshine. There are relationships that will get deepened and strengthened through the tough times that you'll never be able to experience if you always say, well, everything's good, everything's fine, we're okay. In order for me to learn from the pain, I have to take time to acknowledge the pain. That's the first myth. The second myth about, about getting the blues is that you only get the blues when you mess up. You only get the blues when you mess up. So the idea here is that if you have the blues, if you are in a moment of mourning, if you have the blues, that means you must have done something wrong. Shame on you, right? But that's a myth. You know, when I start looking at the great heroes of our faith, reading through Scripture, reading the, the stories in the Bible of Joseph in the pit, Daniel in the lion's den, Paul in chains, guess what? Sometimes, 
sometimes bad things will happen to people who are trying to do good. And I know you think, well, well, didn't it happen because they were sinners? Well, listen, God doesn't have any other kind of Christians, does he, other than sinners? As a matter of fact, just real quick, just be, be subtle about it, but just take a look at the person sitting next to you. Just, just be, be slick about it. Just take a look at the person sitting next to you. You can tell, can't you? Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, they're, they're a sinner. Don't point, don't point. They're a sinner, yeah, right? Because every single one of us is. Every single one of us has sinned. And so we could say that the brokenness in the world is what's going to bring the blues out in, in, into our lives. But don't buy the lie that the reason that bad things happen in your life or in the world is because you sin. Sometimes bad things will happen and we will get the blues, not because of our choices, but because of the choices of, of others or because the world's just broken. Here's the third myth. The third myth about the blues is the blues only leave when something good happens. Now, this is important. It is not biblical to say, I am going to be sad and blue and cranky until something good happens. Because what you're saying is this, and this is Satan's math. Oh, a bad thing happened. I've got to deal with a bad thing. You're probably going to have to be blue until something good happens. What you're hoping here best is to break even. That's your best hope, is that you would break even. What a miserable life to look forward to. So the psalmist teaches us, Yes, I face difficulties. Yes, I face the blues. Yes, I mourn. Yes, I lament. But yet, I will praise my God because God is faithful and he will walk with me through them. So how do we deal with this? How do we walk through the blues? I think the psalm that I read a minute ago, the song of lament, has some answers. And I want to make this easy for you to remember. So I'm going to use the word, aha! Everybody just say it real with me. Aha! Aha! Yeah, it's real simple. You say, uh, people say aha in every language. Aha! We're going to use that word, aha, as an acrostic to help you remember, because I believe the psalmist learned to have an aha moment, a moment where he was able to say, okay, God, aha, I see. In the pain, there is something I see. So here's the first A for how we deal with the blues, how we walk through this time of lament, this time of mourning. First thing we gotta do is we gotta ask the big questions. You can't be a chicken when it comes to asking these questions. You gotta ask the big questions. The laments in the Psalms are full of, where is your God? And, hey, God, where are you? What's, why did this happen, God? Where are you? These are questions which, quite frankly, make us uncomfortable when people ask them especially in the American church, because we don't want to have to deal with questions. We want to just figure we've got everything figured out. And if you're around a tragedy, somebody is going to say, why did God let this happen? And there will be two or three of us very well-meaning Christians who will go, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't ask that question. The psalmist would say, would you leave that woman alone? Let her ask that question. Will you leave that guy alone? Let them ask the big questions. God is not afraid of the big questions. Read the book of Job. The book of Job, this guy, that's all he's doing is asking God these big questions. God, where are you? Where are you? God, what's going on with me? Why is all this happening to me? Psalm 77, the psalm writer says this, has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never be kind again to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten how to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? That is a litany of tough questions. 
I bet you've got one too, don't you? I know I do. When friends have died, I've wondered, God, why did you let that happen? Why is that family left without a mom? Well, that makes me uncomfortable to even ask it. Is, is, is it okay to throw questions at God that way? Yeah. And I can feel the tension already. Oh, come on, Larry. You're, you're the preacher. You're not supposed to have questions like that because you're the preacher. We want you to come up here and say, and say it's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be good. And while, listen, I enjoy preaching that. It makes me feel good. Here I am in Psalm 42 confronted with a psalm writer who loves God, who knows God, who follows God, and still has to say, God, because I know you and because I love you, I'm going to ask you the big questions. Where are you? I'm not talking about those little questions we debate, you know, the silly questions about, you know, can God make a rock so big even God can't pick it up, or did Adam have a belly button? I'm not talking about those questions. I'm talking about the questions that are down at the roof, uh, the root of who you are when you say, God, why is there misery? God, why is there so much suffering? God, where were you Tuesday afternoon in an elementary school in Texas? Where were you when the storm hit? And houses were destroyed and people died. God, why did you let this happen? The psalm teaches us that you cannot have your aha moment unless you will be straight up with your God. He's big enough to handle it. He can handle your big questions. And when we, cry, when we ask God the big questions, when we cry out to him, as the psalm says in Psalm 77, it's from the message translation, I yell out to my God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs. He listens. Wow. God doesn't run away from that. And neither should we. So ask God the big questions. Here's the H. Hush up <laughs> so you can listen. Hush up so God can answer. I get the why, 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 but I never stop and quiet my soul and listen. Psalm 77 again says, you stopped my mouth. Some of us need God to do that to us, don't we? <laughs> you stopped my mouth and my thumbs on Facebook. You stopped my mouth. I couldn't even speak. To get an aha moment when you're in the depth of the blues, feel free, A, to ask the big question, and then H, hush up and ponder, but what will you ponder? Well, here in Psalm 42, the psalm writer said this, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. The psalm writer is saying, I started remembering. I began to go through my God scrapbook. Do you have a God scrapbook? It's probably not you know, an actual book with pictures that you can see, but, but to remember the moments when God was there in a way that you were able to go, Yes. God, you walked me through that moment. You walked me through that trial. You walked me through that awful time. You walked with me, God. I, I heard about a, a preacher that when he does marriage counseling, he sits down with couples who's beginning to get each other's throats and the marriage doesn't look good. And he sees, sees couples come in and he goes, one of the first things he asks them to do when we come back, I want you to bring with me the, the, the wedding album. I want to bring your pictures of your wedding with you. Well, I don't even know where that is. And the preacher say, find it dig it out and bring it back with you that's your homework before we get together next week and so the first thing you'll have them do when they come back they'll sit in the office and the first thing they'll have them do is let's walk through the pictures in the wedding album just let's just flip through the pictures tell me who these people are what he's doing is in that moment he's getting the couple to remember 
the wedding day. Wow, I can't believe my waist was really that thin. I can't believe I had that much hair. <laughs> but he's also getting them to remember, you were so beautiful. Oh, you were so handsome. I remember how I felt that day. I remember cutting the cake. I remember dancing with your mom. I remember. The psalm writer says, you need a God scrapbook. One of mine is my baptism. I was nine years old. I remember it like it happened yesterday. My daddy lowered me down into the water. I remember the feeling of the water rushing over my head as he lowered me down into the waters of baptism. Another is, is how God orchestrated events and people and personalities and timing to bring my family to Ohio 17 years ago. But I also remember those low points in my life. And how God was with me in the pain, in the loss, even through my tears, even through my failures, even in my stupidity, even in my disobedience. I know, God, you have seen me through. And I know, God, you will see me through. If you don't have a scrapbook, you, you need to start one. You need to keep it right here and right here. Because when you have that aha moment of God, why? And then God, through those memories, speaks to you. That's what the psalmist tells me. I will remember you. I walked with you, God. Psalm 42 again, David writes, my tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Well, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. These things I remember. My scrapbook, that's what I remember as I pour out my soul. The message translation translates that verse, as I empty out the pockets of my life. I love that. Here's what I find. As I empty out the pockets, here's what I find. So wrap your arms and your head and your heart around those memories. And when you find yourself saying, oh Lord, what am I going to do? Ask the big question and then hush up and ponder God's answers. Here's the last one. A, accept his love again. This psalm ends in a beautiful and interesting way in verse 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. This is the only stanza he repeats twice in the song. It's kind of the refrain of this song. Why are you downcast, O my soul? So you're in pain. Ask the big questions. I hush up and I listen to God, and then I put my hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That phrase, I will yet praise him. In Hebrew, the sense of this is, I'm going to praise him Again, I'm going to hit replay on the song. I'm going to hit replay on the memories. I'm going to hit replay on the praise. I'm going to hit replay and praise him again. You know those songs that you, that you love? You put them on loop and you just listen to them over and over and over again because I am so determined and I'm so convinced that God will be my Savior and my God. I'm going to praise him again and again and again and I will sing it over and over again. He is my God. Listen here. Jesus did not give us a promise of no pain, but Jesus did promise us his presence he will not abandon us he will love us and in the pain we shout out where are you lord let me tell you he was with joseph in the pit he was with daniel in the lion's den he was with peter in the jail cell he will be it doesn't mean that you can't groan that you can't lament we need to do that but the psalmist doesn't leave it there he asked the question he listens for the voice of God. Aha. And he says, all right, Lord, can we do this again? I want to praise you again. And I 
will yet praise you. Again, from the message translation, this Psalm 42, verse 11, put your hope in God. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Here's the deal. Life is going to give you and me and us plenty of reasons, plenty of verses for a blues song. Life is going to give you a lot of reasons to sing the blues, but when you're there, know that God says, that's okay, because I'm right here with you. God knows how to sing the blues. Don't believe me? Guess who called out from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Pay attention to that, because even Jesus, even Jesus asked the big questions. God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know what the answer to that question is? To Jesus' question, hanging on the cross, God, why have you, you know what Jesus' answer was? Have you ever thought about it? The answer is, is because I don't want anybody who's got the blues to ever wonder how much I love them. So I will die so that they will know I love them so. Let me pray for you. Those of us, those of you on the communion team, please take your places. Get ready to serve. Father, we come to you today with, with every part of who we are. That includes the warm, fuzzy, happy, sunshiny parts, the parts we're proud of, the parts that we want the world to see. And God, that includes the rest of us as well. The parts that hurt, the parts that mourn, the parts we're embarrassed of, the parts we try to hide. We bring all of it to you, and we place it at the foot of the cross today. So as we come now to this time of communion, no matter what our mood is today, we bring it to you, and we see on the cross, even Jesus asking the big question, and knowing that the answer, that you, that he was forsaken so that life and grace and love and hope and peace could be ours. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. We pray in the name of Jesus.